Welcome to the podcast of Redemption Church. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times should I, re- should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me he demanded. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called that servant in You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Luke 23:32. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Good morning. Good morning. When Gary asked me if I could share, by the way, I haven't done this in a very long time, you know, and uh, um, so as I was sitting down preparing for it, I I, I, I couldn't estimate how much time it was take to say all the things I wanted to say. And um, I'm African. Um, we could be here for hours, you know? Um, and I don't want that to happen. Um, so next time, uh, uh, Gary will give another African a chance to stand up here and speak. You know, you don't need to go home at four o'clock or something like that, you know? Um, <laughs> um, but but when, I, when Gary asked me to, to, to share about Easter and my experience with Easter 
and what Easter means to me. Uh, initially, what the thing I, I was thinking about was uh, about Easter was how it was all God's initiative. Uh, that it has nothing to do with any of our initiatives. It's God's initiative. And God is still initiating our lives. And basically, our responsibility is to, to listen to our lives and to respond to, to this God. Um, but then I started thinking a little bit more about it, and I said, you know, yeah, that, that's, that's a good thought. And, and that means a lot to me. And uh, it's important to listen to your life. But the thing that has really impacted me in terms of Easter um, is forgiveness. And uh, so I decided to, to, to speak on forgiveness. Um, because that, that's played a very important role uh, in my life. And I have really struggled with forgiveness in my life. And I figured that it may be good for others to hear about forgiveness and what God says about forgiveness. The scripture says about forgiveness. Um, I actually had to dust off my Bible. I, don't, I haven't used this Bible for a very long time. It's all dressed for winter and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> um, I, because uh, I usually use my phone, you know. Uh, but I said, you know what, let me go back in. I've never used my phone as a way to you know, speak anywhere before. And I didn't want to start it today. So I said, let me go back to what I'm used to. And, uh, um, and also, cards, you know, there's cards. You know, so I, I couldn't, I, don't, I wasn't able to do the whole uh, PowerPoint stuff, you know. I'm a real old head, you know, when it comes to that, you know. Um, And I, I titled the message, uh, Forgiven is Forgiven. Forgiven is Forgiven. And it's a, a phrase I came across from um, a, a, psych a psychologist uh, who, who has studied forgiveness um, for, for years, uh, there are actually two, two guys. I'm a counselor by trade, I'm a therapist. And so uh, I do a lot with forgiveness in therapy. And right now, in, in, right now uh, there are textbooks on forgiveness therapy, you know, sanctioned by the American Psychological Association. So, so something that Jesus said and, and the commandment that we're given in scripture, uh, others are finding out that, hey, this is a good thing, you know. Um, typically, the last words that a, a, a person says before their death is something that they want us to remember. It's usually something that is really important and something that that, that person wants to emphasize. Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. I'm, I'm going to uh, have a conversation, a little bit of a conversation uh, about some of my observations about the initial passage in Matthew. Um, and uh, I'll break down some of the verses. Actually, it's one of those stories that Jesus told. That was, it's not ambiguous. There's no real complication about what he's saying to, to anybody. 
it's pretty straightforward. Okay. Um, the the passage before that speaks about how to uh, resolve conflict, you know, amongst brethren. You know, uh, that was the passage before that. And then Peter, of course, comes to Jesus and says that, you know, how many times should I forgive uh, my brother or someone who sins against me? Seven times? And basically, Jesus responds all the time. He didn't give a formula or anything. All the time. No exceptions. All the time. Is there something intriguing also about, about the question that Peter was asking? The question wasn't, how often do others have to forgive me? The question is, how often do I have to forgive them? Because of course, I, I'm not the one who's going to offend anybody. I, I don't hurt anybody. It's always somebody else who's going to be hurting me. But the truth about the world we live in is, as long as we live in this broken world, I will hurt others, and others will hurt me. And that's why forgiveness is so important. Because of our broken, sinful nature, I, I'm, I'm going to hurt, invariably, whether intentionally or not, I'm going to hurt somebody, and somebody's also going to hurt me. There's no confusion about the characters in the story. Let me speak, you know, tell a brief story. I came to this country in 1983. Um, I, I had moved from India. And I, I, I was already a Christian for, for many years before I came here. And um, I attended a Christian college. And things didn't go too well there for me. Um, I struggled with the cultural differences. I struggled with a lot of things. And unfortunately, there were different individuals at the college who weren't very helpful. And uh, I felt very mistreated, you know, at this college. For 10 years, I held a grudge and resentment against this college and struggled under the weight of all my hatred and animosity towards this college. And sometimes all you have to do is mention the name of the college and I can feel my stomach tighten. I have found a way to turn the story that Jesus said, I have found a way for 10 years to turn the story upside down. I've forgotten how much I've been forgiven. It is so easy to forget how much God has done for us and how much he has forgiven each and every one of us. And for 10 years, I kind of forgot that. I've been a Christian before that for many years. Let me read you a passage in Ephesians that kind of paints a picture of what God forgave. 
Ephesians chapter 2. I'll read the first seven verses of Ephesians chapter 2. Once you were dead, doomed forever because of your many sins. You used to live just like the rest of the world, full of sin, obeying Satan, the mighty prince of the power of the air. He's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passions and desires of our evil nature. We were born with an evil nature, and we were under God's anger, just like everyone else. But God, so rich in mercy, and he loved us so very much, that even while we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead, Easter. It is only by God's special favor that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ, and we are seated with him in the heavenly realms, all because we are one with Christ Jesus. And so God can always point to us as examples of the incredible wealth of his favor and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us in Christ Jesus. That is the message of Easter. And I think that the character, the servant, we forget that. I forgot that. And I forgot enough for a couple of days, not for a couple of weeks or months. I forgot it for years. Because I started thinking, you know, I wasn't really that bad when God saved me. Yeah, I did some bad here and there, and you know, you know, uh, you know I did some terrible things here and there, but you know, I was a decent guy. I had no idea, I, you know, and I don't think any one of us would really get the full grasp of what, how much God has forgiven us. And that's what the story is, is talking about. Basically, somebody who owed his master millions of dollars, essentially. And another person owed him just a day's wage. He was forgiven the millions of dollars that he could never pay. But held, like me, held on to the other servant for 10 years that I did for owing them a day's wage. One of the things that struck me about that story is that no matter what anybody does to me here on this earth, no matter what anybody does to me, and as a counselor, I've heard of some really horrendous things that humans have done to other humans. I will always be the servant who was forgiven more than I would ever have to forgive. That thought totally blows my mind. Because like I said, I have seen some horrible things that humans have done to other humans that you know, I mean, that they have to forgive other humans 
you know, injuries that have been done to them. Actually, one, one of the stories, I mentioned uh, Dr. Everett uh, Worthington is a professor at uh, uh, Virginia Commonwealth University. And he's one of the researchers in the 80s who started, you know, researching um, uh, about forgiveness and kind of brought into the mainstream of psychology. Dr. Worthington had written several books on forgiveness and done a lot of research on forgiveness. And I think it was in 1996, he had a manuscript that he, was, he had given to his publisher, again, under textbook on forgiveness. On New Year's Day, he got a message from his brother. Um, his brother had tried to contact their mom on New Year's Day and couldn't contact him, and she wouldn't respond, she didn't respond. So his brother, I think his name is Mike, took his son to go see if you know, grandma was okay. And when they walked into the house, he had to shield his son's eyes because somebody had tried to burglarize his mother's house and had beaten her to death with a crowbar. There was blood all over the place. When Dr. Worthington heard this, I mean, this is a guy who shouldn't take to forgiveness. His first response was not forgiveness. His first response is that, man, if I could lay my hands on this person, who did this to my mom? And he struggled with that for, for a while, but ultimately forgave the person who had killed his uh, mother. Forgiveness is not easy. We need God's help to forgive. And even as I read in Ephesians, the thought, the thought that we have been forgiven more, more than we will ever have to forgive anybody for. And communion kind of reminds us of that. You know, because we are the most forgetful of God's creatures. So something as, as, as basic and something as valuable as God's forgiveness to us is something that God knows that we will forget. So he instituted something like communion to remind us that every time, as often as, as you do this, remember, this is how much you've been forgiven. Go out there and forgive others for their sins against you. So even today, as we come forward for, for, for communion, let's remember that, that God has forgiven us for much. Why forgive? All the fact that Christ himself has commanded us to. And he always found a way to talk about forgiveness somehow. Somebody asked me, how should we pray? In the Lord's Prayer, he made sure that he put it in there. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who you know, have sinned against us. Why, why should we forgive? Forgiveness opens the door to the possibility of God's redemptive work, both in me and the person who injured me. 2 Corinthians 5.20 
says that we are ambassadors for Christ. We are representatives of Christ. We have to have the smell of Jesus, as uh, Gary always says. We have to smell like Jesus. Jesus smells of mercy. He smells of forgiveness. He smells of grace. Forgiveness is also true to what God has created us to be. We have a new nature, a new DNA. Ephesians 2.10 says, we have been created for good works. That's our nature. That is what God has created in us. We are created for good works. To be generous, even as our Father is generous. One practical reason also for forgiving, and I alluded to that, it's impossible to have real community without forgiveness. Like I said, you know, we constantly hurt each other and are hurt by other people. True community is virtually impossible if we don't practice forgiveness and we hold on to our hurts. On a psychological level, research suggests that one experiences less anxiety when one forgives. Scientific studies show a reduction of adrenaline and cortisol, the stress hormones, when one practices forgiveness. There's also a link between forgiveness and the lowered risk of depression. It's also been linked to better heart health because you forgive. And, and this is an area that you know I've worked in for, for years. Forgiveness is also linked to better outcomes in terms of recovery for substance use disorders. That those who have substance use disorders who find a way to forgive people who've hurt them have better chances of long-term recovery than those who hold on to grudges and hold on to resentments. The thing about unforgiveness is that when someone sins against me, the, the tendency is to ruminate about the event and hurt until sometimes the person is defined only by that very act. Okay, the thing is, I mean, when we are hurt, there's a mechanism in, in each one of us to remember the hurt, and that's fine because it keeps us safe. Okay, that's God's way of you know, keeping us safe. You know, um, it's like uh, Charlie Brown and the uh, the football. Is it Lucy who snatches the football? Yeah, it's important that Charlie Brown remembers. Yeah, last time she snatched that football. She's going to snatch that football again. <laughs> So, 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 so it's important to remember the hurt. But the problem is the rumination, the going over the hurt over and over and over and over and over to the point that the other person loses their humanity in our mind and our hearts. And we define the person by that, the hurt that they cause us. Forgiveness is about allowing ourselves to see with new, new lenses, wider lenses, that takes in the person's humanity. 
in Acts chapter 7, verse 60, still, like Jesus, prays for those who were stoning him. It's the first matter. And as we stoned him, and the Saul was one of the folks who was holding their clothing as uh, Stephen was stoned. And Stephen prays this prayer before he dies. Lord, don't charge them with this sin. Lord, do not charge them with this sin. He forgives even while he's being stoned to death. Maybe like Stephen and Jesus, the first step in terms of forgiving is praying for those who have injured us. The first step may be just praying for that person and seeing that person in their humanity. It is not excusing them, it's not minimizing the hurt, but it's seeing the person's humanity in spite, in spite of uh, the sin that they've committed. Because that's how God sees us. You know the important thing about forgiveness and is this. Easter infuses our suffering with meaning because the Son of God also suffered and triumphed over the grave. So our suffering is never in vain. The hurt that that person caused us is not in vain. Because of Easter, there's meaning in our suffering. And usually the question is not, why am I suffering? The question is more, what can I do with the suffering? What I did with my suffering after 10 years was become a drug and alcohol counselor to help other people. Who, 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 who suffer. So I found meaning in my suffering. And it's very individual. Each one of us has, has to, you know, before God, pray and, and reflect and see what God, you know, God will say about their suffering to them. The other aspect of Forgiveness that I, I want to briefly touch on is that sometimes we have to forgive ourselves. Father, forgive them for they, they do not know what they are doing. Jesus forgave the folks who killed him, tortured and killed him on the cross before they could even ask for forgiveness. It's a quote by C.S. Lewis. This is what C.S. Lewis says about forgiving ourselves. I think that if God forgives us, we must forgive ourselves. Otherwise, it is almost like setting up ourselves as a higher tribunal than him. So basically, if God is, has forgiven me, I have to be able to forgive my, myself for some of the things that I do, no matter how terrible those things are. Because God's standards are higher than mine. To not forgive myself is to say that, you know, God, I got higher standards than God. He can forgive me, but I can't forgive myself. There's no way I have higher standards than God. 
And I mean, we killed God. I mean, can you talk that? Anybody talk that here? You know, we kill, essentially, Easter says that we killed God. Okay? I don't think I can do anything to top that. Okay? And that's why it's important um, to forgive ourselves too. Let us pray. From the depths of despair, O Lord, I call for your help. Hear my cry, O Lord. Pay attention to my prayer. Lord, if you kept a record of our sins, who, O Lord, could ever survive? But you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear you. Psalm 130, 1-4. Lord, we thank you for, for this message. Help us to learn to forgive. Give us the grace, give us the strength to forgive those who, who hurt us in so many different ways. And also help us to forgive ourselves for the things that we do. That we are doing the sum total of all the wrong things that we have done. You came here on this earth and went through Easter, the suffering and the death and your resurrection to take away our shame and to take away our guilt. Help us to hang on to these things, my God. Help us to reflect on these things. Help us to, for these things to deep in our hearts and be reminded of it daily. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. In Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. To find out more about Redemption Church, visit redemptionbristol.org.